The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone. Hello to all my followers. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. I've been on hiatus, actually, and this is the second show since I've been back. And it sure is nice to be back with everyone While I was gone, I went about and I renamed the show a little bit. It's now called January Jones Sharing Senior Success. And that happened because while I was away, I turned 80. (laughs) So now I'm an official senior. However, uh, I'm still the Gritter Glanny and I wear hats all the time. And today I'm wearing my Glitter Zebra outfit. And I'll tell you about it later, why I'm all up like a zebra. (laughs) Now, for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Do you want to shake up your life? (laughs) I guess we all do. (laughs) Do you wonder what you could do to get out of the rut you're in? And most of us are in some sort of rut, one or the other. Would you like to crush, yes, you heard me right, crush your haters? Do you want to make some big changes? Would you wish you could meet someone who can tell you how to do it today? Now, would you like to meet a woman who is doing it right now? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones sharing senior success. Today, I want you to rest, relax, Go get some wine, get some cheese, and remember that you're in the no wine zone, so no whining allowed. Let me tell you about our guest today. She's amazing. She is an inspirational woman on the speaking circuit. She is the founder of Zebra Public Relations, thus I'm wearing a zebra shirt. She'll be sharing with us the five things you need to do to be a highly effective speaker. 
she also wrote some books, My Baby's Doctor. No, My Baby's Daddy, not his doctor. <laughs> Misty and Lady Bangkok Boy. These are all available on Amazon. And it's my pleasure to welcome to our show all the way from Toronto, Canada, Kojenwa Moet. Hi, Ken. Hi there. Hi. Hi, there. Hi January. How are you? Wonderful. I can just feel your energy coming across the screen. Uh, for my listeners, she's been on the show before, but this is actually the first time we've got to see each other. And, oh, nice. and it's wonderful, and you're as beautiful as I knew you would be. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. You know, one thing I love is a good name, and mm-hmm. I always love the name January Jones, honey, because it just feels so I don't know, majestic, so rich, so crushing with all the haters. <laughs> yeah, with all the haters. Well, you know, the story on the January Jones thing is uh, I'm actually the third January Jones. The first January Jones, uh, she was back on, she used to be billed as an exotic dancer on the Johnny Carson show. Quote, exotic dancer for that time was stripper. Yeah. And there's the younger January Jones, the beautiful, talented actress uh, who was on Mad Men that everyone yeah. knows all her. And then there's me, and I've been the uh, January Jones author. I started off as author uh, for 30 years now, which is kind of hard to believe. <laughs> and it's so funny because these all these uh, uh, dirty old men go to look for January Jones on the Internet. <laughs> Eighty-year-old lady going, whoa! That's a mistake. <laughs> Whatever gets them there. And I, I mentioned in the intro that I'm wearing my zebra shirt, and you're. And I'm in a cheetah, by the way. Oh well, it's Animal Day. Right. <laughs> Perfect. I love all these animal prints. I Me wear too. them all the time. Um, how did you come up with calling your uh, public relations firm Zebra? You know, it came from a friend of mine. Her name is Elaine Eckhart. Uh-huh. She's from Sweden originally. Uh-huh. And she was writing a book at the time. She was in New York. And she just felt my energy, right? I walked into the house, and she's like, oh, my God, who are you? I was like, oh, Genwa. She's like, well, I'm Elaine. And so we just got to friends right away. You know, some friends are like that. You just pour water, and it's like instant friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a friend like that, and I feel like she was my uh, twin that we were separated at birth because we yeah. just like the yin and the yang. Yeah. We can say things, and the other one can answer without even hearing the end of that sentence. So it's uh, immediately, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like I like the zebra thing, you know, because now with environmental and. Uh-huh. It's an easy, easy name to remember. It's easy to remember. You don't forget it. It like you know, people ask me, "What is it? Is it black and white?" I'm like, "It could be. It's whatever it means for you. Is it exotic? Sure. Is it iconic? <laughs> Definitely. You know, it's a style. It's a way of being. We do roam in the herd, as I always say. We're friendly. We're actually herbivores, although I do have you know carnivorous tendencies." Um, but, you know, zebras kind of roam in the Serengeti. You kind of just love looking at them. And that's what we wanted was to build a space, a company, a vibe for entrepreneurs who feel themselves unique. Maybe they've been pushed down. They've been down, downtrodden. 
they've been kicked in the face, and now we're going to be right there to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, now is your time. Tell us a little bit, Kodenwa, uh, where your success story began. Where were you born, and uh, who do you think of as your earliest mentors? That's a great question, January. I would say that, firstly, I was born in Toronto, and then my parents, my dad was working on a doctorate in West Africa, so I lived very early on in a Muslim country, French-speaking, Senegal. Um, and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a connection between the archives, because colonialist, right, statehood, right, and, and where the slaves left the port, and that was the, the area of study. So we went to Senegal, lived in Paris. So I always tell people Paris made me sexy. I love Paris. <laughs> I love Paris. Paris. Well, I've been there, but it has—I don't know if it made me that sexy. Right. Well, maybe my husband thought so at the time. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. Do you, do you speak French? I do. I still speak French. I'll be back in Paris next year. You know, my earliest successes came from. I, w- I want to say sheer luck meets opportunity. I was probably 18 or 19 when a friend called and said, "Hey." There's a casting happening. Why don't you go there and see if you get the part? Well, I got the part, right? For a huge television show, and suddenly I'm, like, in this Degrassi-like situation in a trailer, getting my hair and makeup done. (laughs) And (laughs) I was always going back to my drama teacher from Oakwood, Mr. Beatty, and we filmed that day at the school, and I I knew he was proud of me that I'd made it through drama class. (laughs) <laughs> you made it to the big time. You know, yeah. it's interesting um, that I, I'm from California. Well, we were there for four, over 40 years. And, of course, we always equated entertainment with Hollywood. But, uh, you, you know, this uh, princess, uh, Megan, was filming in Toronto. And so Toronto is actually quite a, a large center for the entertainment world, isn't it? Very much so. It always has been because mm-hmm. certainly the exchange rate makes it favorable uh-huh. to the executives, right? And it's always a question of money. And yes, Princess Megan did shoot here. She had a place here. She's you know, known amongst my friends. And have they've known her for a long time. Always a sweet girl. Always. So you, you know someone's character. Drake, too. Drake is from here. Okay. You know, yeah. 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 There's a whole, a whole Toronto industry. And, yeah. and, of course, a lot of people are going there and living and filming there and loving it. You know, uh, we're going to take a break. And uh, I'm going to talk about my book. So if you are a whiner or know a whiner, then this book is for you. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. 
Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back with our guest from Toronto, Kajen Now She's been on the show before, but this is the first time we get to see her. Um, I want you, I know you're not a whiner, so I don't even know why you were in that segment. That's ridiculous. I have no idea. <laughs> before we go on, uh, could you please share your website information and tell my listeners where they can get the, your books and find out more about you? Oh, absolutely. Please come visit me anytime. I would love to host you. You can find me at Zebra Public Relations with an S.com. So all one word, zebrapublicrelations.com. There's a huge pink button there to have an e-coffee with me. So if you're interested in leveling up your marketing, you're like, how do I declutter the social and make sense of it? Come find me there. We'll check out my uh, virtual assistant will check you out for some oh, that, time. That's fantastic. Now, uh, you've written three books that I talked about in the intro. Uh, and where can people get those books? Are they at Amazon? So, so uh, My Baby's Daddy was actually a film that we had done. Uh, the year was probably 2002. It was uh, directed by Cheryl Dunier and starred Eddie Griffin. So it's, you know, it's a film you could probably buy on Amazon. And, you know, at the time I was a Canadian girl. I didn't know how to speak like a New Yorker. Like I didn't know how to talk like that. And I had to learn how to speak like this because that was in demand at the time. So it's all, you know, voice acting. I'm still learning. And so they put me in a scene and I have a very, very short scene. But it was cool. It was cool to get my uh, chops. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And then the other two were books. Or and, were those then, books? and then Lady Bangkok Boy was a, uh, a series of vignettes that we found okay. while being in Thailand. Uh, Miss D, actually, you can find that one on Vimeo for the most part. We mm-hmm. sent it to Khan and it made this, the short film corner at the Khan Film Festival, which was awesome. But, uh, yeah, I communicate in film. I am working on my newest book. It's a little bit of a memoir. Oh. Uh, just sharing in my life and how I grew up and the haters that came for me and coming, honey, out of the, what do they say, rising like the phoenix. Yeah. Rising yeah. like the phoenix. You know, the best thing is to follow that story. I'm so glad you're on the show because we're just in a world where it seems like the haters are just surfacing and coming up and for air or whatever. And I'm glad we're going to talk about that topic. Um, when, you know, if, I'm, when you get your book done, you have to definitely let me know and come yeah. back on the show and uh, we'll promote it. Cause I'm in the process of becoming uh, hopefully an Amazon affiliate. And so yeah. I'll be, I'll be able to sell your book for you. Wonderful. I love that. <laughs> Okay, now let's go back to you studied history and French literature, Mm -hmm. and how did that translate to your career in the film industry in Toronto? Yeah, I don't know whether it did. Maybe it just helped develop some empathy because my training was largely on film sets. You know, I was the girl who was getting booked for the commercial, the TV time, 
Uh, one time I found myself on set with Denzel Washington on the film set of John Q. I played a nurse for five days. It was the largest check I'd ever seen. And I got to meet an icon, right? So my, I'm studying icons. You know, then came the Toronto International Film Festival. Then I made a play to move to New York. I did. I had a few friends, and that's really all it took back then, is a couple friends and maybe a couch. Yeah. And you do what you have to do. And that's what Denzel said to me. He said, do what you have to do now so you can do what you want to do later. And I said, I don't have any kids. I can sacrifice myself to experience what it might be like to create something. They'd always said that if you could make it in New York, then you could make it anywhere. Yeah. 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 And so I always felt that way. And I, I started out in New York, too. I mean, actually, so many people who have been on the past podcast have that little New York history. Uh, I used to, I started out there as a stewardess, and I will never forget we had an apartment, there were four of us, and we had an apartment that we paid $300 for, which they're probably now charging 3000 We only had three beds. So whoever the fourth one was, if they came home late, they got the couch. That's right. That's how it is. And we shared one bedroom, and we had three beds. Four people, but those were the, some of my best memories. It it's was some of the best times you'll ever had. At the end of life, you don't remember, you know, that extra ten dollars you made, or that extra hour you put in to work. It's the times that you had, the memories that you shared, you know, the times that that were great. Share with us a little bit about Fashion Week, because I always yeah. read so much about it. And then you oh, open up People Magazine, who I should be doing commercials for, mm-hmm. and you see everyone, what they're wearing, and all the events. Fashion Week is quite a production, isn't it? What can you tell us? Yeah, actually, I definitely wanted to share with all of you. I will be in D.C. on the 9th of December. We are honoring Sergio Hudson. Did you know that Sergio Hudson had been given $1,000 by his mentor, Lisa Wu? She's a business lady. She had it to give to him. Yeah. He turned that around and built out his empire. He was dressing Kamala Harris, uh, you know, former First Lady Michelle Obama. He's selling out at Nordstrom's. How did he do this? How did he do this from coming from such poverty? And we want to hear his story. Um, the event's going to be at uh, the Kennedy Center um, at DC. Yep. I will share the link. Yes, yes. Uh, Fashion Week is a massive production. It really is. Yeah, we'll put the link in our little chat box, and Lana will put it up on the screen for you. And what will you be doing at the Kennedy Center? Now you've really impressed me, girl. (laughs) You know, the thing is, uh, here's the thing, is I'm I'm the lead publicist, right? So that means I'm, I'm engaging members of the media, members of the press. That's what we promised to our constituents. We said, if you embark on this journey with us, we are going to serve by helping you get the recognition that you truly deserve. Entrepreneurs work so hard. We wear so many hats. It hurts. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Some days you have money. Some days you have none. And, and you know, clients come, they go. People may laugh at you online, mock you, make fun of you. It's all because they wish they could do that themselves. 
Yeah. They wish they could do it themselves. Yeah. So and yeah. yeah. That doesn't surprise me, that comment, because I do, you do see so much anger coming from these haters. And uh, it makes sense that a lot of it is just uh, jealousy, that they are frustrated that they haven't, of the, and they're jealous, just jealous of the things that you've been able to do. Uh, that'll be incredible. How many people would be at the event? We well, will have... 400 approximately people in um, in attendance. Mm-hmm. We will ask, uh, you know, former Lady Michelle Obama and Kamala Harris and or to present the award to Sergio. Oh he will God. pass it on. It's about passing it forward. It doesn't. Sometimes you're in a difficult circumstance, right? And and that foundation is about just giving scholarships and awards. Maybe you're a single mom. You have your baby. I remember being that person, single mom with a baby in New York, trying mm-hmm. to figure it out, trying to take a client meeting. The attorneys don't understand my predicament. I have to make it work. You know, my best friend is babysitting and juggling the invite calendar. I, you know, we're entrepreneurs. Uh, we go through so much. But you have to have heart. You have to have grit. And like, like Grant Cardone said to me, if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. And, and you know, uh, what I, what's impressive about this story and his award, that he just started out with $1,000, and it made such a difference. And a lot of times people hesitate about donating or helping, thinking they don't have a lot to give. I'm not a billionaire or something like that. And so they back off from it. But I think it's a good thing to consider is that just a little bit can make such a big difference because here he is with this incredible career and uh, being at the Kennedy Center. Well, I've been lucky enough to uh, see some performances there. It's an awesome, awesome place. And uh, Speaking of Kennedys, <laughs> years later, and people are still asking, who killed Kennedy? Who killed Kennedy? Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering, who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. 
Welcome back with my friend, Kujenwa. And uh, I pronounce it Moet. Is that the right pronunciation? Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, I think of Moet as Chanson. Some people say Moet. Okay. <laughs> okay. I kind of did it phonetically. I hope I didn't ask you before we went on the air. I usually try to make sure I check that before we do the show. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about your dancing career. Uh, and I asked because I have a granddaughter who's in uh, California and she's studying uh, ballet and she's in a program at university there and uh, dancing is her whole life. Did you always dance? I did when I was a lot younger. I admittedly, I need to get back to that hip hop class, you know, and Beyonce gave me my complete life with her tour. Oh my God. Like, yes. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, no, I, my parents put me in everything in ballet and African. And so I tried every medium, which I really appreciated. And I still love to dance. You know, you'll normally see me, with a wireless speaker around, I've always got music around. Music gives me energy, and mm-hmm. I feel great when I hear music. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be jazz, classical, yeah. it could be ambient, it could be lounge. <laughs> it could be reggae. Oh, my, like, I love music. It's a universal language, and you just start to move. Oh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because we kind of signed up for a cruise this past year and we ended up on a salsa cruise. And of Ooh. course, we're in our 80s, so there's no way we're going to do salsa. But this cruise was incredible because there were, everyone in the, on the ship was doing salsa. And they were doing it morning, night, and noon. They were in elevators dancing. They were dancing in the halls. And it, it's just, it was for us, it was a thera- therapeutic cruise just because of all the energy we got to share. And yeah. uh, dancing is, and, and let me also ask you about your name. Is that an African name or is that it a. Is. Yeah, no, my parents came from the Caribbean. They were Garvius. So they wanted an African name that had significance rather than a colonizer name. So Kajenwa ends up being you know, happy welcome arrival. I've become my name, right? Or the person who brings good news, let's say. Oh. Happy welcome arrival. And they oh, okay. were really excited for my arrival. <laughs> like, naming anyone else with the same name? Because it's yeah, so one easy. other girl, one other girl that I know, they were inspired by her. In your whole life. <laughs> yeah, in my whole life, in my whole life. But I normally tell people, okay, this is going to be like probably the only general you'll meet. Okay. Now yeah. let's talk about how important in your career, your public relations, your connections from uh, New York, Paris, uh, Toronto. That's like uh, now you can connect so easily with everyone, can't you, through the web and Zoom? And is that a, a lot what you do in your business? Absolutely. You know, I'm constantly connecting with people and I tell folks, it's like Warren Buffett. Think of him. You know, he's a beautiful senior, but he's managing 250,000 contacts. But the contacts that he's speaking to this week, maybe the 100 folks that he needs to reach this week, may not be the same thousand two weeks from now or the same 10 two two weeks from now. So you're constantly curating your leads and your list, right, based on what it is that you are working to accomplish. 
yeah. right? Family vacay, you know, with friends and family is a different set of communications than I'm hosting a party or an event or a, or a philanthropic mission, um, right? So, yeah. It's a whole different world because I know I, once in a while, I'll hop in on my grandchildren, the seven of them, they'll have a thread going. And mm-hmm. also my, my four children, they'll have a thread going. And I love just popping in to make a little sarcastic, funny comment and then disappear. And it's been nice because it seems like it just keeps families closer and, you know, I could call people and leave messages all day long. Nothing. I yeah. text these grandkids and I hear back from them in two minutes. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's no wonder really that you have, you know, Meta's worth billions of dollars probably or something by now. Like, we don't even know what the figure is. But so that's part of that, right? Part yeah. of that. So they're all in the same family. WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook, and now Threads are yeah. all in the same family. So it's a communications tool, and it's always communication. It's mm-hmm. all about communication. Yeah. 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 Let's talk a little bit about your getting your MBA, and I am so uh, impressed with you. Our, our, our one daughter uh, got her MBA. Uh, she got a M- master's in psychology therapy, but it's a lot of work, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because what what we're asking, what the profession demands is rigorous training, right? And it, it's like with anything else in life, anything you're going to decide to get good at, like you with your goals, how many hours have you put into that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It could be anything at all, right? So if it's a master's, then you have to be equipped with the knowledge, right? Can you imagine? My mom trained nurses. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they have to be equipped with the knowledge. You can make fatal mistakes. You will be responsible. Sometimes there are lives on the line, bodies on the line. Mm-hmm. Bureaucrats have degrees, you know. Yeah. How, how long did it, did you do it part-time, and how long did it take you to get it? I did it in one year. One year. One year, because I'm ADHD. Many people were offering two I found HALT in Cambridge because they were offering a satellite campus in Shanghai, and I'd never been to China. And I, I said, that's incentive enough for me. Oh, wow. So did you get to go to Shanghai? I did get to go to Shanghai, and I lived in Shanghai for two months. It was, it was the best time oh my of my gosh. life. Yeah, and the year was 2007, so it's been a while. Yeah. So did you have to learn a little uh, Chinese, or how did that go? It was wonderful. You have to learn to respect people's cultures, how they do things, how they see life. It's not their fault that they see things that way. Uh, it, it's part of culture, right? So, so once you understand people's culture, you have respect for that, deference for that, then you can go in and, and make friends quite easily mm-hmm. and find your allies. What a marvelous, uh, I'm, I'm so lucky and our kids are so lucky because uh, mm-hmm. my husband's a uh, retired airline captain. And so they had passes their entire lives that they were with us where they could fly and travel. And uh, one of my daughters asked me how many countries I had been to in the world. And so I kind of sat down and did the math and I, I came up with 54 and mm-hmm. she told me that she thought I was cheating. And she, 
<laughs> she thought I was counting some places twice, and then twice. I was counting some places where we just had a layover. So. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, I'd like you to share with us your creative strategy that led to uh, remarkable results for one of your clients. Could you tell us about that? That's a great one. I was working with a snack food brand. I was so excited because many of my folks are entrepreneurs. They've written books, right? But they don't necessarily have products that go on store shelves. So I, we engaged with Pito's. They, I love the story, first of all. Indian American entrepreneur, he said, in India, we eat peas for snacks. We do not eat corn. And my mission is to get folks to eat pea-based snacks. Uh, you know, and so, corn. and so he went head to head with Frito-Lay. We did the creative documents together and had, you know, Mr. Cheeto fighting with the pea guy. Um, the branding was awesome. We did. What did he, he called his company Pito? Pito's. Pito's. Yeah. Pito's. P-A-T-O. P-A-T-O-S. Yeah. P-A-T-O-S. <laughs> like Cheetos. Cheetos. Okay. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He did a nice commercial. He did his billboard. He landed at Costco. You know, Lizzo said these are her favorite vegan snacks. So we start to get accolades, and that really makes me feel good when we get a brand out there and really just give them. Yeah. When when you're at Costco, you made the big time. I mean, especially – when it comes to that snack aisle, I try to go to our Costco on Wednesdays because I can make a meal. Because now that after the uh, COVID over, they're back passing out samples throughout the store. It's one yeah. of my favorite things to do on Wednesday. Oh, we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about some priceless personalities who have been on my show in the past. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul. People who have faced difficult problems. People who have struggled to find solutions. People who fearlessly shared their stories. People who have not only informed you, but inspired you. People who have priceless personalities. I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Attention all listeners. Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with 
Lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes for Motown. A nurse who has a humorous helps people to heal. An inspiring laughter yoga instructor. A mother dealing with the loss of a child. An incredible motivational speaker. A woman who married five times. A gifted paranormal nurse. A wise economist. A funny female humorist. Along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. Welcome back, and we're visiting with Coach Emma. Now, I want to get to the five things that you wish someone had told you before you started out on your fabulous career. And the first one is perseverance. And I think Probably your MBA is at the top of that list, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perseverance or uh, what, what they said was about grit, right? Like how do you persevere in times of deep strife? Wow, I can't forget ever graduating in 2008, January, and people were jumping out of windows because Bernie Madoff had stolen all that cash. It was a hard time, you know. Oh, I remember you remember, my dad was like, I don't know if I can send that rent check, yeah. right? And so I had to go right into triage mode. And that meant taking everything I'd learned from that MBA, literally those PowerPoint slides uh-huh. and creatively working with them to create something of my own okay. and submitting that out to the universe and saying, okay, I'm just going to solicit some attention from a potential, uh, you know, client. Here's what I can do for the next 10 hours as it has to do with you. And here's how much money I would like. And I, I think that first contract was maybe a thousand dollars. The year was 2008. Oh yeah. You know, and, you know, trying to figure out is Barack going to get in or no, like what a, what a time, you know? Yeah. Oh no. And, <laughs> No, you know, and I, I was in Boston. Boston is not necessarily, they're a bit more conservative, so they don't really care about marketing and PR and all that fashion mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. But New York was down the road, and yeah. I thought, well, let me take a risk. I took risks. I took risks. Okay. You know, maybe as you get a little bit older, you take fewer risks. I don't know. No, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> the, the older the get, the more ridiculous off the cliff I am. Yeah. I right. think when you're running out of time, you got to try everything. Let's talk about always dress the part, which obviously you can see that I do, and I see that you do. What are your thoughts on that? So, do you mean things that you do and things that I do? Is that what you mean by that? No, when you're saying uh, dress the part, what Tell us, you, you, that's one of the things you wish you knew. What did you wish you knew about dressing when you started out? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I started in corporate, right? After film and TV, it was kind of like, well, how do I supplement this sparse income? And so I would, I would get these positions in corporate firms. But, of course, I was always temping and 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 my style of dress was always wackadoo. And they're like, it's not corporate enough. Yeah. It's not black enough or something. And I'd be like, I don't know that a black suit is my jam either. Right. right. You know? So I just had to create my own space where it's like, 
what I wear is going to be acceptable for me. And, and, you know, a lot of people aren't comfortable dressing the way I do, or maybe the way you do, but you have to just find where you feel. It's like wear your own, dressing your own skin. Dressing your own skin, because that's where you're most comfortable. Yes. Yes. Dress as you feel comfortable, right, without being disrespectful to whomever you're presenting to, right? So you're not going to do a cocktail dress necessarily to a funeral, but, you know, you can still Mm -hmm. express, style is expression, fashion is expression. There are many, many ways to express yourself. Mm. Now, the the hook that I used for our podcast was, I love this, crush your haters. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that is the perfect title for this show. Um, how did you first come upon doing that? It's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It is a hard thing to do. And I, I think step one is acknowledgement that haters exist. I remember being shocked when a boyfriend told me, not everyone's going to like you. And I thought, well, why wouldn't they? I'm not a, a, a disrespectful yeah. person. I'm pretty kind. pretty. G-. But it's just the way it is. I think there's actually a rule. And it said that of 10 people, Two of them think you walk on water. There's nothing you could do wrong. Okay. Six of them are like, you know, could take take it or leave it. You're fine. Uh-huh. And then two are just like, I literally dislike this person. There's nothing about them that is redeeming to me. I don't find them uh, particularly interesting. It, it's just the way the numbers break out. Mm-hmm. So said, uh, you know, of course, and I, I've noticed that people make comment on something that I'm doing, but it's not in a positive way, and it's been said to somebody else yeah. about yeah. something that I've done. I didn't even know the person was watching. Oh, I no. I that, especially well, social media. You know, it, it's, it's kind of upsetting uh, because it seems like the haters, in my opinion, are just getting too much oxygen. And I think some of this stuff, I would rather they would downplay it. And some of them, basically, in my opinion, are doing it for publicity. Some and, of them, yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of their their uh, game plan. Um, we have to close. And let's just touch on love and grace, which yes. you exemplify completely. Thank you. How did you uh, come up with that as one of the things? Oh, you know, I just lead with love and with grace, right? So empathy is a huge part of this. Some of the biggest leaders are empaths. I am an empath. I can understand where you're coming from, what your backstory is. We could come from completely different backgrounds. It's all good, right? But yeah, uh, you haters that are trying to rise in fame, it's called notoriety. You're not known for anything good, really. And I don't know if that's a legacy you'll want to leave. So you have to check with yourself. But love and grace is is the way forward for sure. Wonderful. Before we go, I always ask this question. If you could have dinner with uh, any person uh, living or dead besides me, who would your choice be? Wow. Uh, I would say definitely Barack Obama who follows me on Twitter. (laughs) He does. Wow. You know, Chris Jenner. Uh Uh, 
Um, Oprah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I can't, you know, give, I can't give you a banquet, but let's kind of narrow it. <laughs> you know, if we could invite everyone we want to our banquet, that would be a long list. The other one I, I feel so, uh, I admire so much is Michelle Obama. Yes. And what she did with her family and their time in the White House is the, that's love and grace. Very uh, much. Her whole life, her whole family, she's been one of the most powerful examples that women, and I'm talking about all ages, all races, all color, all, you name it, all religions, she's been a great example. And great example. Nothing but class. So let's see, maybe we could get Oprah and Michelle. <laughs> let's work on that. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. and, then, and then in your spare time, tell uh, uh, the president, Obama, that he needs to come visit me. <laughs> I'll let him know. I will definitely let him know. Thank right. you so, so much for coming today. And it's been wonderful to meet you. And it's been a delight to see you. Uh, my upcoming guests will all be just like Kodena. And I hope that you'll watch our show. It's on live every Tuesday. And then it's obviously at YouTube and all over the world after that. My 80-year-old thought for the day. Have you ever heard of anyone who lives to be 100 years old who are remarkable for anything else besides their age? <laughs> Not too many, but I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Thank you for entering the No Wine Zone. And please share our stories and co-denwa with all your friends and everyone you know. And remember, you need to stop whining, start smiling. And if that doesn't work, you could just start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of dark, dark chocolate, my favorite. <laughs> Everyone, thank you again for coming on the show, and uh, take care and stay safe, everyone, until we meet again next Tuesday. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.